2: Let's go places. Welcome into the NFL Report on location. We are here in Las Vegas for Super Bowl 58. James Palmer, Steve Weich with you. We are going to have defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, the mastermind, as I call him, Steve, in the postseason. Just brilliant when we're playing these extra games year after year. Also, Justin Reed, a big part of why this defense has been so good in Kansas City. We had both of them as guests because, Steve, we spent Wednesday at Media Day with the Kansas City Chiefs during this preparation.
3: Yeah, and look, to kind of show you how the sausage is made, the reason why we did that is that the Chiefs were early in the morning, the 49ers were later in the afternoon, so it frankly didn't fit our schedule. No, it did not. So it's a shame. So we didn't get a chance to talk uh, uh, too many of the 49ers. So let's talk about the 49ers, JP, because like us today, The conversation this week has been about the Chiefs here in Las Vegas. It has been about Mahomes. It has been about Kelsey. It has been about Andy Reid. Repeating. Right, repeating. Is he going to retire? The only thing we're hearing about the 49ers is that they're not real pleased about their practice facility at UNLV. Yeah, maybe we ought to have some better reporters here in Las Vegas to dig a little <laughs> yeah. deeper on these oh, Niners. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but the the thing, the thing one conversation piece, though, has been Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. right? And what's been interesting in watching Brock Purdy handle the media attention for the first time in his career is he sounds and he behaves just like Patrick Mahomes, who's here for his fourth time.
2: Nothing is phasing Brock Purdy. I think we have forgotten because everybody talks about Mr. Irrelevant. And by the way, opening night said – I'm fine with that nickname. No, he's the real MVP. He's like, you can keep me. The the, real MVP 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 is what he's known as on the show. On the NFL report. Yes. But what I think we overlook is is there's so much talked about. Is he a game manager? Where was he taken in the draft? This is his second NFL season. And in two years, he went to the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. I think that isn't talked about enough. It's debating his play more so. But you're right. I was with... You know his group, his scrum, if you call it, at its riser on opening night. He handled every question and everything like he has been here so many times before. I think the mental side of Brock Purdy is probably not getting the the, the get their flowers is an overused term, Steve, but not getting the attention it deserves. It, it, the way it, he handles things mentally off the field.
3: And and, and JP, we talk about off the field, you know. And he says, you know, he, he's very a religious guy. You know, he, he lives for a higher purpose. But on the field, think about when he made his debut. Mm -hmm. It was in the middle of a Miami Dolphins game, and he came in, and the Niners actually expanded their playbook. (laughs) You know, We've heard stories coming out of the postseason where Jed York, the chairman of the Niners, said when Kyle Shanahan came to him and said, our third-string quarterback might be our best guy. (laughs) And and we're seeing this evolution. But like you said, it's not talked about enough. We'll see Sunday now if he can handle all the the lights, the Mm -hmm. long halftime shows, things like that. That's a disruptive thing that most of his teammates have been through before, Mm -hmm. but he's been great in the second half of games. That's composure. That's poise. We talk a lot about that with Ben Roethlisberger, Mm -hmm. some of the great quarterbacks, how, hey, they're getting things settled in the first half, and they come out and they counterpunch in the second. So we'll see if Brock Purdy does that. But to this point, the way he has played and the way he has handled himself, I should say, not the way he's played, he hasn't played yet, but the way he's handled himself has really been fantastic. Now, as for the way he has played, that has got the attention of some guys on the Kansas City Chiefs, including Spagnolo and Justin Reed, who we're going to hear from, but about that, JP. Mm-hmm. They were talking about the checkdown options and how he has really mastered that into making a weapon to making this offense work. This league is so much, Steve, about
2: counters and how do you counterpunch what another team brings to you. And we know that the Chiefs are one of the highest blitzing teams in the right. NFL, then they don't just blitz to blitz. That's not the way Spags does it. Andy Reid says his best trade is the feel for those times when you're supposed to blitz. But they blitz at the fifth highest rate in the NFL this past season. But the counter that we're talking about is not just having a back that is as smart as Christian McCaffrey that would understand to pick up so many of these blitzes. I remember talking to Alec Ingold before the wild card game with the Miami Dolphins going against Spags. He said, there's probably about a thousand different blitz pickups I have to figure out and understand (laughs) Christian can probably handle all of that but it's you're right it's the check down aspect that could be the counter to that pressure I know the Chiefs are concerned about it it's not just McCaffrey picking it up it's Purdy picking it up and dumping it to McCaffrey at times to where maybe he doesn't pick up a Justin Reed coming or a Trent McDuffie coming from the outside you go where the pressure came from with a quick release, and maybe you counter that pressure. And then sometimes defenders are behind you, which is obviously where Christian McCaffrey would like yeah. them to be. You, you know
3: what? <laughs> well, no, and the, and the one thing we've seen Brock Purdy, if you watch a lot of Niners games, if you watch the tape, he takes a lot of hits because mm-hmm. of that, right? And the Niners, and I'm sorry, and the, are you saying because he lets it get get to him? He lets to it help get there out Correct. the offense. Yep. So let's say Christian McCaffrey sets up, there's a whole technique called rush to cover where the defender will rush to cover the running back, mm-hmm. but you're also taught if you can get to the quarterback. Get him. Okay. Right. And you see Purdy hang on to the ball sometimes just long enough to get the defender to commit, to come off of the check down receiver, which typically is the running back, and he dumps it out and he takes a hit. Go back to that Giants game. Mm. Purdy was getting racked up doing that over and over again. And that's one thing we heard. Justin Reed's going to tell us a little bit later mm-hmm. that they have to guard against. The other thing that very much has the Chiefs' attention. Is the running ability of Brock Purdy, which we really have not seen until these playoffs, especially the NFC Championship game, Mm -hmm. that has caused an alert siren to go off in the preparation for the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: It's an added element that they probably weren't thinking they were going to have to put in their game plan after going against Josh Allen and Lamar right. Jackson in the two games <laughs> leading go. into this going, okay, there's some things that we don't really have to plan for. Well, I'm not saying Brock Purdy is a runner like either one of those guys, but it has been an added element when things break down. and It almost seems like there have been times, I don't know if he's told this, Steve, but it looked like sometimes in that second half against... The Detroit Lions, read one isn't there, read two isn't there, go. If go, the middle not, of the field not, even is get, don't open. Don't even get to read two. Exactly. You're right. right. And if the middle of the field is open, take it. And I think he is a better athlete than a lot of people really believe. And it's a, really, this is on part of the entire conversation we have. Another time where he's getting underestimated. And it's hilarious because I had a conversation over text with Patrick Mahomes' speed coach, his personal trainer <laughs> yeah, coach. I was about to say, let's and get to Mahomes the one, on this. He's the one that said... That told me he is a much better athlete than people think. Don't think he's underrated as an athlete. He is an athlete, and that's coming from the guy that's working with the other quarterback all the time.
3: Well, let's get to the other quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Mm -hmm. because on that note, Mahomes talked about that today. He was asked a question, when I say today, meaning Wednesday, Mm -hmm. he was asked a question about his gait. Mm -hmm. Like the way he runs, and he doesn't look like he's moving fast. It's an awkward style of run. Mm -hmm. And Mahomes said, I've changed a little bit the way I run, but when people see me, they underestimate my speed. Mm -hmm. They think I'm slower. They think I'm chopping it up to break down. Next thing you know, I am by them. Mm-hmm. That is something the Niners cannot mm-hmm. underestimate because we see it over and over again, JP. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the running style. I don't know. Yep. But he often gets downfield, breaks tackles, and does things that you are not expecting mm-hmm. out of 15.
2: It is probably because he watches the NFL report. Yes.
3: Because he at opening
2: night said, if I was a basketball player, I would be Steph Curry. Yep. When we had Dante Hall, the Chiefs great, the human joystick, as he likes to be referred yes. to, one of the most dynamic players we've ever seen on a football field in terms of making people miss on this show before the AFC championship game. He said, Patrick Mahomes is Steph Curry. It's the way he utilizes space, the way he creates space. The, he's not the fastest, quickest guy like Alan Iverson Hall said, but he finds ways to get by you. It's actually very accurate now when you think yeah. about it because that's the way the Mahomes, that's the way Mahomes works and his numbers in the offseason as he works are faster now, I'm told, than when he entered the league. He is getting faster each and every year. Oh, boy. It's, it's, not, like science, he's bl- it's not like he's blowing anybody off the, off the rails. He's not Lamar, but he is faster than he was at the beginning of his career, wouldn't which that is be,
3: interesting. Wouldn't that be awesome coming into this game that the one thing we weren't expecting is if they're scheduled runs for both quarterbacks? <laughs> hey, let's do the RPO, pull it, and just take it down and run. All right, JP, we've got a lot more coming up on the NFL Report. And after the break... Steve Spagnuolo. Oh, yeah. And he's got some great stuff to say about the IQ of this Chiefs defense. We'll be right back on the NFL Report.
1: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and
3: It's time for the lead block presented by T-Mobile for Business. A sport as fast as football deserves America's fastest 5G network. Businesses go further with T-Mobile for Business. All right, we're back at the NFL Report, JP. And as you mentioned earlier, we went to the Chiefs media availability midweek leading up to the Super Bowl. And the star of the postseason hasn't been a player. No. It has been Chiefs Defensive Coordinator Steve Spagnolo and Spags we trust, the T shirts, say mm-hmm. as much. And we caught up with him for a few minutes here, JP. Uh some of the things you 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 took from that to kind of precede this.
2: Well, I love the way he talked about the IQ of his players and, and, and how deep this group is in terms of uh, how cerebral they are. And you'll listen to him talk about that. And an example of that, I was told, is even on Monday of this Super Bowl week, before they headed out to opening night, they're able to make these little adjustments, I was told by linebacker coach Brendan Daly, where we just changed a couple of fronts on some coverages that we wanted, mixed them up a little bit, and everybody in the room got it in about three seconds and the meeting was <laughs> over. That's how quickly these guys are able to pick things up. And that just make Spags probably just be himself even more right Steve as creative as he is when he has the ability that that's not held back by his players at all almost encouraged you have the ability to make adjustments that quickly in some of your meetings all right so let's listen to Spags here with defensive coordinator I'm going to say mastermind Steve Spagnuolo I'm going to say it because you are on a roll Spags in the postseason I'm just curious to start this off with postseason game planning for you we see you shine when these games are the brightest. What is those prep weeks like for you in these postseason games? Are they different in your mind? Do you put more time
5: in because you are brilliant in the postseason? Well, I appreciate all of that, but the brilliance is the guys on the field. I mean, we all know that, and I've said this a hundred times. The, um, this is the highest number of high cerebral defensive players that I work with. I've worked with a lot of smart defensive players, Tyron Matthew, Antonio Pierce, who's here coaching now. But collectively as a group, I think because we have those guys and the assistants that can feed it is the reason we're able to do what we do. I mean, we pretty much stick to the routine in these games. One thing that Andy's always talking about, you get to the playoffs, don't go out of your routine. Don't try to be somebody you're not. And our players have done that, and we've been able to play pretty good. Now, none of that matters unless you play good in the, in the next sure. one. So hopefully we can do that again. Smack, you talk about the high IQ as a group. Yeah. Is that why things maybe came together sooner in the regular season than we've seen the past couple of years? I think that's a great point, and I think that had a lot to do with that and the fact that you remember last year we had a, a lot of young guys, yeah. and, and Justin Reed was new to it. So we had, not only did we have young guys early in the NFL, but we had guys that were new to our system And so a whole year of that and the fact that they're real cerebral. And they embrace it. They love it. I mean, these guys love a challenge. They love being around each other, and they love being around football, and that helps.
2: I don't want you to give anything away game plan-wise, but I I talked to Charles Amenhu the other day, and Charles said, I was really excited to go against Trent. That's what he wanted to do and be on that side. Obviously, he can't. And then you look at how good Chris is. I'm just like fascinated by the idea, would you want to put strength on strength, or is it better to put Chris in another spot to try to gain an advantage? I feel like you have to feel that out
5: sometimes. Yeah, I mean, that'll be in, in, in the midst of the game adjustment. The one thing about Chris is what's great about him is he's willing to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And we know, I mean, we've we got to figure that the, uh, the 49ers are going to spend some attention on Chris. So we'll be aware of that. And I don't think Chris has any – I mean, he'll go anywhere. He'll get on a guard. He'll get on a – you've seen it. Yeah. And then we do that. Yeah, and he and it's good that he's able – that's probably – you go back to the high IQ. It's not – not only – you know, Chris may put himself somewhere else, but the other guys have to know the other the spot because they've been moved around. So all of that kind of works together.
3: fact, yeah. you talked about the young secondary. I mean, a lot of these guys are just in their second years. Yeah. Well, yeah. need Sneed the type of season he's having, the physicality he plays with. There may not be a cornerback
5: who's played better than him all season. What about him being the anchor of that group? Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up. Uh, LJ is special to me since the day he got here. Uh, By the way, he just had a baby girl, which is awesome. Yeah, just the other day. When was that? Uh, It was just two days ago. My days are all running together here. But I, I don't think he gets enough recognition for what he does for us. So you go back to this high cerebral high IQ he's got one and because this year we were able to move him around put him on the best wide receiver it makes everybody else's job that much easier but i can't i can't give enough credit to lj and what he's meant to what we've done this year real quick you talk about you know being a, him being able to
3: travel with the best receiver the niners do so many yeah. different things formationally yeah. Is it difficult to say, okay, you're going to go on this guy? Because they do motion, they stack guys, bunches, things like that.
5: They're smart enough to get their best guys open by moving. And and that's part of what Kyle does anyway. I mean, they're the highest motion team in the NFL. So, I mean, we'll try, we'll pick our spots in certain calls where we want LJ to be on a particular guy. Now, whether that happens or not will depend on what they do offensively.
2: Justin Reed told me he could probably be physical enough to play linebacker, LJ. He said, I could probably see play. him probably slide in there. I wanted to talk about another versatile guy in Trent McDuffie. In that position yeah. in particular, you've been in this game for a long time. Yeah. How important has that slot spot come, and if the player is more versatile playing out of that spot? Because they have to almost play linebacker at times. They have to play corner, the nickel spot. How have you seen that spot kind of evolve in this league?
5: Yeah, well, with all the three wide outs, Uh, formations that we see or personnel groups you got to have you got to have a skill guy in there to match that and Trent allows us to do that from a pass uh, coverage wise and to your point uh, JP that he can play the run he plays it aggressively now Trent being able to do that really allowed us to, to move LJ around because for the prior two years LJ had been the nickel and you know how physical he is so having two guys like that is huge. I can't say enough about either both of those guys and what they've meant to us defensively. All
3: right, great football talk. But now we got to get to the shirts, the T-shirt spags. Yeah, please do. No. He no, hates the T-shirts. I balls.
5: know. I know. But we burnt them all. They're gone. We <laughs> no, you didn't. About no you didn't. No, you
3: didn't. Has a big delivery arrived yet? And if so, are you going to wear one at any point?
5: There'll be no wearing on my part. <laughs> I'm hoping that they get rid of them or put them in the luggage till we get back, maybe. And if if everybody wants to wear them after the game, that's great. But they may not want to. Who knows? All joking aside, though, did it like touch a spot that the guys are yeah. willing to do something like that? Yeah, very touching, very humbling. Um, listen, that that word trust works both ways. And if I got tremendous trust in them as people, as players, and who they are, um, and I love them too, so. Humbling. Will meatballs be here on Sunday? I just got word. I actually have a video from Maria. Her request, obviously from '95, right? Mm-hmm. I think he guilted her into because she's got to lug them in her backpack again. But they, she sent me a video of them frying with the with the sauce around it. So I'll I'll get it to Chrissy okay. like, uh, and see. And last one, we have to ask. Hopefully, it works, <laughs> hey,
3: Brian Baldinger. Of course, Baldi. you know
5: he just loves you to
3: death. Yes. All right. So, so what can you say about Baldy? Because he's big on our show. He comes on every week
5: about how he breaks down the film it really helps helps guys well, out. Well, I'll tell you what, I saw it firsthand the year that I took off when I was over at NFL Films quite a bit. Nobody grinds tape like Bali does. He's in there, and he's and he's putting in the work. He's yep. not reading newspapers. or Nobody reads newspapers <laughs> now, right? He's not looking it up on the Internet. He's grinding, and he loves talking football. And so I got a great deal of respect for him. All right back. Appreciate you, man. You guys Good luck. luck. Thank You're you. You're the best. you.
3: JP, we both know Spags for a long time. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely awesome. And, and I want people to understand when he talks about this team, the high IQ, how it's been the most cerebral team he's coached. Remember, this man was the DC for the Giants defense when they had and Manura, Justin Tuck, Michael Strahan, Matthias Kiwanuka, Hall of Fame players, high IQ players. And if you can't tell, we're also recording the show in a parking lot. And if you needed a reminder, that was the horn letting us know here in Las Vegas. But J.P., again, you, t- you think about the smart people. He mentioned Antonio Pierce, the coach of the Raiders. Ty Matthew is going to be a Hall of Fame defensive back. But... Lajarius Sneed again was a player he brought up, and we've been talking about him on
2: the NFL report all season. JP, so often you don't have an outside corner that shadows number one wide receivers have a background like Legarius Sneed has, where he's played safety in his life and his you know before the NFL, where right. he's had the ability to play inside. Last year, he can go inside, he can go outside, he can play physical in the run game. A sneaky little nugget in there that I thought Spags drop was, yeah, he probably could play linebacker. If okay. we needed him to, Rondé Barber which was action. very interesting. You said Rondé Barber. I was talking to a position coach on that side of the ball who told me it's kind of like Antoine Winfield Sr., Ooh. not Jr., who is a big fan of this show and a friend of this Good show. He had one of the best seasons anybody's had this past year <laughs> in the NFL. But his dad had the ability as a safety, one of the better run stoppers at that safety position. Said he could have slid in and played linebacker. LJ could maybe slide in and play linebacker. You're going to have to be physical when you go against Debo Samuel, and we're going to get to that with Justin Reed, a member of this secondary, the guy who created the In Spags We Trust t-shirts, is going to be joining the NFL Report
3: next. That's a wrap for the lead block presented by T-Mobile for Business. A sport as fast as football deserves America's fastest 5G network. Businesses go further with T-Mobile for Business. You're listening to the NFL Report podcast, but you can watch me, Steve Weich, and my co-host James Palmer on the NFL Report at 7.15 Eastern Time on Mondays and Thursdays on the NFL app and free streaming platforms on the NFL channel on Roku, Tubi, Peacock, Pluto TV, and other free streaming apps.
0: View 5G device, coverage, and access details at T-Mobile.com. All
3: right, welcome back to the Super Bowl edition of the NFL Report, JP. And you talked earlier about the position flex, the different players do a lot of things, the blitzing. Well, safety Justin Reed is one of the most vital straws that stirs the drink of the Chiefs defense. Here's our conversation with Justin Reed. All right, hey man i appreciate you joining us look this big game here against the 49ers you know all the things they like to do especially in the middle of the field playing the position you do in as many things as you do how do you kind of safeguard is, is the emphasis more on open field tackling or being disruptive with the receivers running backs remember oh
6: uh, well first i mean it's it's both of those first and foremost our corners are very physical so we're going to use that as a weapon. You know, The 49ers like getting a lot of um, condensed formations, a lot of motions to try and back cornerbacks off and getting hands on the line of scrimmage. So we're going to have to find some creative ways to still be physical and disrupt routes and not allow wide receivers to get free releases. And the second part of that is that um, Brock Purdy does a great job checking the ball down when his first looks aren't there, um, but his check down is usually Christian McCaffrey, who's the cat that you want to um, get the ball to anyway. So we're going to need to make plays on those boundaries, on those edges, and not allow them to step on guys or spin on guys and get first downs. All
2: right, you mentioned Christian. You guys were teammates at Stanford. Yeah. So how different of a player is he now than when you saw him in practice at college?
6: I mean, he has the same motor that he's always had. Uh, I think that he's developed more in the passing game. Mm-hmm. And you see him use more on vertical routes out of the backfield that he wasn't used as much. He still has that same angle route that kills everybody. Um, His stiff arm has gotten a little bit better, and you see he has got a little more weight to him, too.
3: So, you know, you talked about Brock Purdy. You've got Patrick Mahomes, though. I mean, is there anything, when you watch Purdy on tape, you're like, that's kind of like Patrick. I mean, in anything?
6: Yeah, I mean, he's surprisingly elusive. I mean, you look at that Green Bay and that Detroit game, he was able to get out of some plays that, would have been big time sacks for those uh, defenses. And when he got out of the pocket, he made some plays one use check on the sideline, which is a great toe, toe, toe drag swag type catch for him. Um, but that elusivity and making plays with his legs is an underrated part of this game. That so,
3: so did that cause any alerts for you? Like, okay, we hadn't seen that
6: before? I mean, I don't think a lot of folks have seen it, but he's in his utility belt and he makes use of it when he needs to. So uh, we we'll gonna need to be able to take care of that.
2: We know LJ is a physical corner. We know Debo's build. Is there anything about LJ's strength that we all don't know but you've seen in practice to where you know he's going to hold his own at the line of scrimmage when he wants to try to jam Debo?
6: Yeah, well, we had. fortunately, we actually have some tape of that. You know, the game last year when they got to play each other a little bit. You get to see the most physical wide receiver in the game go against the most physical cornerback in the game. So uh, it's going to be a heavyweight bout on the the edges out there. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun for me. And um, try and make some ways to make it a physical
3: game. Okay, over the football questions, game day playlist, does it change for the Super Bowl? Nah, not at all. What do no. you got on it?
6: You know, I really, I, I, I tune that to Willie Gay. Willie Gay is our juice man, him and Chris Jones. And I listen to whatever's playing on the speaker. But for myself, I like to remain calmer, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, and then I let it loose when it gets ready to go on the field. Any usher on the playlist? Uh, not currently, <laughs> but it's been a popular theme, so maybe he'll sneak in there.
2: Okay, so the last one is the routine. You've been through this before now. When you wake up Sunday morning to when you get on the bus, how does that go
6: about? You just make it as routine as possible. You don't try and change much. Um, I wake up at about 6.30 every day, so I'll still wake up at 6.30. I eat the same breakfast. Um, I'm going to watch one more game. I usually like to watch their most recent game one more time so that the personality of that team is fresh in my mind. And then you just go out there, go through your playlist, and uh, get ready to go. Thanks, buddy. Yes, sir. Appreciate hey.
2: That's Justin Reed telling us, Steve, that you're going to utilize every single free moment you have leading up into the Super Bowl. Sneak in one more game that morning. Just break a little more film down. And you know what? It's kind of important because this is a very versatile group, Steve, that they have in the secondary. We've talked about it at length on this show and talked about it on this show. But also it's a very versatile group of receivers that are on the other side. How I actually guess... How much are you looking forward to this matchup this between is, these two groups?
3: This is the chess match. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of out of any other position groups, offensive, defensive lines, whatever. Mm-hmm. The chess match is going to be how these this chief secondary, which has been fantastic, and mm-hmm. these are big, long players on defense, go up against these Niners receivers, most of whom who are shorter and compact. Ayuk, mm-hmm. you know Debo Samuel, guys like that. Juwan Jennings, a really big mm-hmm. yeah, big receiver. And you know, you heard Justin talk about some of the bunch formations. That they like to do, and it's going to be how they've got to find ways to get hands on those receivers. The Chiefs are not the first team who've tried to come up with that formula. This is not easy. Kyle Shanahan will scheme up so many things that look like run blocking, right? They look like Mm -hmm. they're doing some things. They'll slip a receiver out. They'll do a rub where you can't get hands on there. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that's different about Brock Purdy, again, is he's shown the ability to extend plays. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is a timing offense, but if you disrupt Debo Samuel... Purdy's been able to move again to let Samuel or Ayuk or whomever get open. So this is where the chess match is going to come. And we talked about the screen game Mm in McCaffrey. You heard Justin Reed there say, when he checks it down, he checks it down to McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. Like that is his only check down option. Not necessarily. Kittle is often a checkdown option. Mm. They keep him in and max protect sometimes, especially when he on the right side of that offensive line. Helping out he's a little bit some, over there, little helping out. <laughs> Think he might do that a little bit in this game as well. But that is a checkdown option they use. And let's not forget about our guy Kyle Uchuck. Mm-hmm. That is another option we have. He's another gotten, versatile player. Not gotten talked about at all this week. Mm-hmm. His wife has because of the bomb jackets she's making no, for everybody. But sweet. Kyle Juszczyk is somebody, again, mm-hmm. that's got to be accounted for. James, you know there's always somebody we're not expecting. One of these guys played a couple years ago. It was running back Damian Lee Williams, Williams. Yep. Um, who shows up. Could have been the MVP. Correct. And that's what's going to be very intriguing mm-hmm. when we talk about these matchups mm-hmm. in the secondary.
2: And then when those versatile matchups come and you try to get yourself an advantage, either team, the number one key from this Chiefs team is obviously – Run fits number two. I'm told tackling, oh, and boy. the players that you mentioned <laughs> are not easy to tackle in space. The extra step you you have to take—that's kind of been emphasized with the Chiefs with Christian McCaffrey. You have to get close to him. The jump cut, everything he does to make you miss. Can the Chiefs tackle these players in space? Is the biggest emphasis. We know they're physical. Can they do that? That's the other part of this matchup between these two groups that I can't wait
3: to see. They've shown that they can. I Mm -hmm. mean, look at what they did to Lamar Jackson. Look what they did to Raheem Mosher. Look at some of the players they've gotten here on the way. Those are space guys. Mm -hmm. These are guys who run offenses similar to some degree to what the Niners run. The thing is with Kyle Shanahan, like you're not going to step on the field for Kyle Shanahan unless you can break an arm tackle, mm-hmm. unless you can make somebody want to call their mama at some point. <laughs> that is an aspect of this game that Kyle Shanahan coaches, his players adapt. And But again, the Chiefs have shown that mm-hmm. they can tackle an open space.
2: And, and the part that this is all played off with the 49ers is the run game. And that's why I said the run fits are the number one thing that they're concerned about. And it's interesting that the Chiefs say when you watch the film now, compared to years past with Christian McCaffrey, he's always been dynamic in the past game. And we're talking about him being a check down in the routes that he can run. But when they look at this film of this year, they're like he's a better player in the run game than he is in the past game in terms of, being a dynamic threat, that's another major concern of them on the inside because they're light on the defensive lines yes. because of a couple of
3: injuries. Well, you know, you look at Christian McCaffrey in the past; he did not have Trent Williams <laughs> pulling ahead of him, springing him for big blocks. So, JP, we are here in Las Vegas, home of the Raiders, and one of their biggest fans ever is no longer with us. When this show launched in the fall, it literally, JP, was a passion project. Very much so. There are six of us who work on the show. Jeff Collette, our main producer, Clifton Dutton, our researcher, Sam Tavares, who's our sound, audio, video, everything (laughs) else, JP and I, and Larry Campbell. You would often hear James say, roll the tape, L.C., or Steve's me saying, roll the tape, L.C. Well, this past weekend, we lost Larry. Um, He's had some health issues, and he passed away at the age of 49, and you know, James, we went through it with Larry and trying mm-hmm. to build the show. We we're all trying to feel each other out, how to mm-hmm. build the show. LC, we need it this way. Can we try it that way? And in the moment when you're working on a show like this and you're trying to create an audience and generate something and put your heart and soul into it, you often overlook, you know, some of the people and some of the things that are doing it. And with LC, he was someone we talked about a lot. I said, we got to have this. We got to do this more. And he poured his heart out into it. Literally, he poured his heart out into it it was heart failure failure that brought him to his end at 49 and when i think about how much he gave to this network he was here for 17 years and to this show it really is honest to say he poured his heart into it and and i i love the guy uh everyone in our newsroom did our control room guys i mean our building is is really going to miss him and so jp i just you know these are my thoughts on lc it's been a very tough week for us but as we wrap up the season uh, the regular football season and L.C.'s life. I think it's, it's, it's just wonderful we have this opportunity to pay tribute to this man.
2: Yeah, well said, Steve. Really, really well said. Um, I love that you use kind of our show and, and it being a passion project and so few people working on it as kind of the, the way that you started that because when you launch something from scratch, there are so many unknowns and there are so many problems that you try to figure out yeah. on the fly. And the one trait that you need when you're going through that with a small group of people launching something all of you really care about is positivity and a consistent positivity yep. and Elsie had that like in spades because <laughs> things would go wrong a lot <laughs> and he never would get upset I'd get upset you would get frustrated we'd text each other god this is not working he was in your ear every time alright let's do it again we got it Like, let's go, go. and and that part of him just in the year, every single time, JP got LC, like every (laughs) single time, (laughs) no matter how bad it was going, he came out of the show going, that was really good, fellas. Hey man, next one's gonna be great, really good guys. And so that that mindset to me stood out so much because he cared about the show, he cared about us, um, and never brought up everything he was going through, and we knew. A lot of times, it was a struggle to get into the office and, and work on this show. And the this show takes a lot of time because there's so few people on it. But he always would ask about how we were doing yep. and how we're doing, sure and would. never, ever brought up uh, how he was doing. And so, this show's going to miss him. It's not going to be the same show nope. without him. Um, and we're going to probably keep saying "roll the tape, Elsie." Roll the tape,
3: Elsie. <laughs> that will be a great. Look, the tears have been shed, and now we're sitting here smiling, talking about this great guy. And like you said, the show is going to be different. And so we got to do a little housekeeping on that note. Uh, Post Super Bowl on Monday, we will not be having a show, but we will be back Tuesday as the NFL will continue uh, to go on. Mm -hmm. And we're going to always do it in the name of L.C. and to our great crew who Mm -hmm. continues to rock this show, J.P. Well said. So all the best, everybody. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And we will see you on Tuesday here at the NFL Report.
0: Or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services.
2: Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers. Whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting
1: lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.